Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, I am concerned because there are so many open doors to the demonic, and as many Christians as non-Christians because they don't have discernment, are walking into these doors. This is why I have Becca Greenwood on the telephone, and we're talking to her about her full course based on her brand new book, just off the press, called Let Our Children Go. And uh, Becca, just to kind of whet the appetite a little bit, it seems as though there is uh, such a uh, a hunger among our young people to see movies about vampires. Frankly, I don't get it. It must be a supernatural energy, if you will, that is drawing them like a Pied Piper. For instance, um, I wasn't aware of this until you told me about it, because I, I, I don't watch movies like this, but there's a whole series of books and movies called Twilight. Explain what that is. Absolutely. Um, There is a series out that is called Twilight, and it is like the rage of um, the the book industry and the movie industry. And it's a story that is literally steeped in um, vampirism, werewolves, and it really tries to paint um, vampires in this beautiful light. And and so they, there's this vampire that is like the lead vampire, and well, his name is Edward. And I don't watch movies like this or read books um, like this as well, but I've and being involved in deliverance ministry like we are and praying for children and teens, we are seeing this repeatedly as we're ministering to youth when they come to receive prayer from us that they've watched these movies. And for many, it's become a point of fear or an open door in their life. And But it, re- it paints this, there's a seduction, I guess is the best word for me to put behind it. Yeah, I, 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 that is the word. There, it's, but I, I, okay, I, I understand how the word world is seduced. Right. But how do parents allow their children to read these books and to go to these movies? That I don't understand. Maybe they don't realize what's going on with their children. Um, you know, a lot of them don't. And then a lot of them just think, oh, it's a harmless book series. It's a harmless movie series. And what grieves me um, the most about this, Sid, is how many Christian children are reading these books and watching What, what is, uh, I mean, just briefly, uh, speak to a parent as to why this is dangerous for their child. It is absolutely dangerous because it paints this evil world of vampirism as a beautiful and a chaste 
thing. And it paints the these vampires what they who they say are vegetarian because they drink animal blood, not human blood. And it paints this as a as a beautiful thing. The woman that wrote this um, series, uh, she purposely pa- painted the vampires in a way to make them look like beautiful beings. And um, and they're not. Um, you know, they are of the demonic realm. They are of the demonic world. And it, what it does is if we allow our children to read these books and watch these movies, it, it, it then begins to numb them to the influences of the world. And they, in their mind, begin to think, well, it's okay. And, I, you know, we, we can view this. We can watch this. But what it happens is it becomes that open door to seduction. There are eight-year-old girls that will walk up to Robert Pattinson, the, the actor that starred in this, and they will walk up to him. He was the vampire, and they'll say, please bite me. Please bite me. Make me a vampire like you. Now, what? What? I, I don't quite get this. Uh, through the way they have presented it, uh, the, uh, the, the person in charge that put this together says they can put the children in a suicidal state faster than anything I know. Absolutely. Explain that. They literally, what they did is when they produced the movie, they chose music groups. And when they chose music groups that would, is it okay for me to say those groups? Sure. Okay. One of them is called Marjorie Fair, and the other one is called My Chemical Romance. And they are music groups that they chosen to be to, as the background music of the movies. And she chose them. The author of the series chose those those music groups because she said they will put you in a suicidal state faster than anything else, or it'll make you want to go out and kill somebody. And, 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 you know, uh, just uh, going, jumping to another area, something that concerns me greatly is I get on airplanes or I even go to a restaurant and I see these kids uh, just mesmerized by violent video games. How dangerous is that? It's it's greatly dangerous with these violent video games. What this does and what we have learned and we talk about even in the book is it literally teaches the, the player who's playing these violent video games repeatedly that they develop positive attitudes towards the use of violence. And they even get this expectancy that others are going to be aggressive to them, that violence is a way to solve their problems. And, you know, I... I put this quote in the book, you know, we teach our kids like to play basketball, Sid, and they shoot, you know, and they make the baskets repeatedly and woo, everyone's all excited. And what the same thing happens with um, playing these violent video, video games and shooting and killing other people. Um, what happens is, is if we can get good at shooting baskets and scoring those two points repeatedly, then if we can get good at killing people on video games, and it teaches us that violence is a normal way to solve our problems in, in everyday life. And many times when we have ministered to youth and to young people, even young adults who have been steeped in these violent video games, um, there'll be, um, many of them will be suffering with depression. Many of them will have violent tendencies. 
they they begin to pull themselves out of um, relating to other youth, and they literally will become steeped in this game culture where they will play these games all night long on their computers with other kids across the on the internet. T- tell me about the scientific studies, too, in particular those published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology on the April twenty third. Uh, 2000. Tell me yeah, about that. Yeah, let me read those to you. I've got them right here. Um, it literally says, like what I was saying, the player develops positive attitudes towards the use of violence. The player develops expectations that others will behave aggressively. They assume that others have similar attitudes of aggression. Uh, they become to believe that violent solutions are effective and appropriate for solving problems. Um, listen to this. This one really gains my attention. The player develops a total disregard for social norms, property rights, and even the general value of other lives. I mean, we're seeing society undermined with our youngest generation now. They're growing up with this as normal. As, as a matter of fact, I couldn't believe the statistics uh, that you talk about of the next generation uh, that will be uh, evangelical Christians. Well, what percent did you say? It's amazing. 4%. Statistics say that only 4% of this next generation will be evangelical Christians. And so, and, and, and what did they also say in reference to uh, these young people looking at the wrong thing on the internet, such as pornography and and uh, occult, etc. Yes, I mean this is actually a huge. This is actually a huge issue, and um, with them looking to uh, pornography, and um, what really grieves me is um, not only with the pornography, but there's even a new form of pornography out that is called Gonzo uh, pornography, and this is actually a um, form of pornography that takes the viewer virtually into the realm of um, the act, the sexual act. And what is happening with this gonzo pornography is that this is actually the form of pornography that is being used and is being viewed um, by um, adults and even young children. Most of them start watching or viewing pornography around the age of like 11 to uh, 12 years old. And um, but the young people that are used in this gonzo pornography are the children that are kidnapped, not even just internationally, but domestically into the human sex trafficking industry. And so um, these young generation, they literally start watching and viewing pornography at the age of 11 to 12. And um, that literally, even statistics for the church is 70% of Christians, um, you know, view pornography. And they... I mean, this internet, which was supposed to be used for godly purposes, is saturating the home. And some of the examples... uh, Mishpocha, you must understand that when you violate spiritual laws, you give access to the demonic realm, and they'll hang around your children, and their uh, children will be in fear, in depression, addictions, rejection. And I can't wait for you to get this handbook 
that will show you the steps and how to teach your children. And and children are different. You 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 have to be very gentle. But you know what? I like the idea, Becca. Uh, you you talk about you model the father's heart with love and safety, so children aren't traumatized. I think it's good for adults to, to, to have the model of the father's heart. I think every adult should take your course, go through the handbook, uh, listen to these CDs. It is a full course. It's called Let Our Children Go. And you will be able to get rid of these curses that children have that they have to live with most of their life. And then finally, some of them get free. You can get free and do it in such a gentle way and do it for yourself, too. We're making this entire course, the book and the five CDs available for a gift of $45. Call our order only line 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. There are open doors with your children and your teens and even yourself uh, from abuse and bullying and divorce or tragic events and uh, uh, children that are deserted by their mother or father and rejection by their authority figures and the peer pressure, the classmates. Uh, And then you throw in uh, the movies and the video games and the music. uh, And uh, it's no wonder so many children are feeling rejection and fear and depressed and even cutting themselves. Um, And so... Becca Greenwood has been raised up by the Lord to help you. And what I mean by that, Becca, tell me about the vision in 1990 you had of your future. Oh, it was in 1990, and I had just uh, become spirit-filled. And we were, I was raised Methodist and Baptist, Sid, and so very thankful for my upbringing. But I had prayed the prayer, just, you know, welcoming the Holy Spirit in my life, received uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and literally within just about a minute to two minutes, the Lord gave me this vision. And in this vision, He showed me um, on this platform, Platform, and there were thousands, I mean, thousands of people surrounding this platform, and I was reaching out, touching their hands, and I'm and a vision. I mean, this was new for me. <laughs> and so I said, Lord, I was weeping, what is this? And he answered me, Sid, with the question. He said, Becca, will you be responsible for the souls I have allotted to you? And I, I said, Lord, And I asked him again, what what are you saying, Lord? And he said, will you be responsible? He repeated it twice, for the souls I have allotted to you. And I said, Lord, teach me how. And since 1990, um, from that moment, we have just been on this fast pace acceleration in the spirit. And I believe that God has destiny for each of us and that God has... So if, if I'm understanding you right... You were caught up in a vision to the throne room, and you saw people that were going to be set free and their families that were going to be set free. And, And the Lord said, I'm entrusting them to you because if someone is battling fear, if someone is battling uh, depression and rejection uh, and, and physical problems and curses that are generational, 
they can't fulfill their destiny. So you're going to release people into their destiny. That's what that tells me. That's exactly right, is releasing people into destiny. And I am passionate about this, Sid, because I myself was bound by fear. Uh, You know what? I think it would be very helpful for people to know how you were taught step-by-step, even in your own life. Uh, You you were a believer. You were Mm spirit-filled. You had a passion for God. You loved God. Yes. you still had uh, like a, a, a dark cloud over your head and, and you were depressed. Uh, did you think that you'd have to live that way your whole life? You know, I wondered. Uh, the enemy wanted me to believe that. That depression and the enemy wanted me to believe that. And But what was so amazing is there was one day, uh, Sid, where I was reading. You know how you read the Word of God, you've read it a hundred times, but then something hits you. It's alive at that moment. Moment, that Rama word of God becomes alive, and I was reading about the woman with the issue of blood, and um, the Lord, and I read it, and I said, Lord, she pressed through that crowd, and she grabbed hold of the hem of your garment, and she was healed. You, if you wanted to heal her, a woman who was ill for twelve years, who had given all of her money, you want to set me free. This is not. You don't want me to be depressed. You don't want me to have this fear and this depression. And so I cried out to the Lord that I was grabbing hold of the hem of his garment and not letting go until he set me free. Is it all right if I share the story a little bit? Please. It's very powerful. And we knew um, that our oldest daughter, who is now 20, um, we knew at that point in her life that she was very sensitive to the spirit realm. And she was around the age of two. And she was, um, I, when I was on the floor, I'm an intercessor, and intercessors don't pray real quietly all the time. <laughs> and so I was crying out to the Lord, and it woke her up. And she was, Mama, Mama, I hungry. And so finally, after a few minutes, <laughs> I went and got her from her room, and I set her down in her booster seat. And she said, I hungry, Mommy. And so I made her, worked really hard, made her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And while she was eating, I was talking to the Lord in my spirit. And I said, Lord, you know, I cried out. I felt your presence. I'm still not free. And like I said, we knew that our oldest daughter was already seeing and experiencing the spirit realm. And so she looked at me as soon as I finished that statement. Now, I didn't say it out loud. And she looked at me, and she started to laugh. And she said, Mama, it's so funny. And I said, and she just kept hitting her little leg and laughing. It's so funny, Mama. And I said, Baby, what? What is so funny? And said that two-year-old child, she was a little bit over the age of two, got climbed out of her booster seat, and she began to walk back and front, forth in front of me like a warrior. And she said, Mama, don't you see? And I said, No, baby, what is it? And she pointed her finger towards the back of our the back window of our home and she said, Mama, it's Jesus and Angel and they're here doing this for you and walked back and forth in front of me like a warrior. And I began to weep. And I got to church that night and I said, Tonight's my night of freedom and my pastor said, You're right, it is. And she laid hands on me, and when she laid hands on me, the Lord took me in a vision, and I saw this ancient book with light on it, and he drew it towards my face. The Lord was. His hands, his hands were holding that book, and as it drew closer, I saw my name written in gold in the Lamb's Book of Life, Rebecca Long Greenwood. 
And then because these, this depression was continually telling me, doesn't matter how close you get to the Lord, these tormenting thoughts that were causing the depression, they would say, doesn't matter how close you get to the Lord, he's not going to forgive you. Your salvation can never be secure. It was just this torment that I was living under. And when I saw that, I began to weep. And then another fell to the floor, was crying and just weeping. And another pastor from across the room who had no idea what was going on but just saw me, walked over and laid his hands on my eyes and said, Lord, show her what you want her to see. And said, this time the Lord took me in another vision, and I saw Jesus. And he was riding. I, you know, it's so hard to put when you're seeing things in the supernatural like this in terms, but it was just the magnificent of the Holy Spirit that was just whirling, just swirling around him. And as and he was drawing near to me, and he looked at me, and he said, Becca, take up your cross, follow me. It is over. It is finished. And as soon as the words, it is finished, came out of his mouth, that depression lifted off of me, and it's been gone ever since. And that was 20 years ago. And you know what I find so interesting, Becca, is that I believe the things that happened to you happened to you for you to learn to help other people. And as a matter of fact, uh, you would think she then lived happily ever after, but we're in an imperfect world with an imperfect devil uh, and imperfect people. And so (laughs) what do you expect? Becca then got really tormented with fear. And uh, whereas the depression and the heaviness lifted instantly, God had to show her how to be set free of a spirit of fear. But in your heart of hearts, Becca, why did you do this entire full course called Let Our Children Go, uh, which is the brand new book in the CDs? Why did you do this? I did this book because we have been ministering in deliverance for 20 years now. We have seen so many people, young children and teens, set free as well as adults. And there, to me, there just needed to be a manual out there. You know, there are great models that show the Father's heart of love. But then there are also models that can be very traumatizing uh, to children and teens when we minister to them. I believe that this book, um, I don't believe, I know, this book outlines how do we minister to children and teens in a way that will edify them, build them up, bring them into freedom, bring them into kingdom destiny. But, But how do you handle this? I mean, it's a scary thing for many Christian adults, but especially for children. How how do you handle casting a demon out of a child without the child being traumatized over what you're doing? Well, that's a great question, you know, and I break it down in the book. You have the age of 12 and what 12 and under for children and 13 and above for teens is how we've broken it down in the book. And what we do is we pray for them in a very non-threatening way. You can minister freedom to a child. You can pray a prayer. Um, say, for instance, you know, because I overcame fear. The Lord had me overcome fear and depression. Say we're praying for a child that has fear. I, I have to ask you this real quick, though. What about all these children that are being drugged because they have psychological problems? We have a generation of drug children. Is that bad? I believe that some of what we are doing is we are medicating issues that we can pray over and see children. Whoops, we're out of time.
Becca, it's almost as if the devil has some insight uh, that there is a, a destiny, an important destiny on a child, and they get sabotaged, maybe even in the womb or uh, through generational curses or through traumas in their life. Uh, it's almost every time I see a child that's so sabotaged, I said, I say to myself, that's a special child. That's a special teenager that God has a destiny for. That's Do you right. feel that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, with, with this book, this is why we've written it. It's as it's, it's much for, uh, to educate par- you know, parents and pastors as it is for us, you know, to learn how to minister to our children and teens and to see them set free, but also released into purpose and destiny. And, you know, I believe that each one of us has destiny stamped in us and that God wants us to be functioning in the fullness of that in our lives. You know, another thing this course does, which I love, is it takes the mystique out of the supernatural. So children, rather than being a little fearful of it, love it. Now, now look at it this way. They, they love the Harry Potter, the demonic. Why shouldn't they love the God supernatural? Let me give you an example. Um, there was one time we were ministering to a nine-year-old girl, and we'll call her uh, Lisa, and uh, she was complaining about chronic stomach problems. And so her parents brought her to us for prayer, and when I began to, to speak with her, Sid, I began to realize by the word of knowledge and discernment that she actually had not received the gift of salvation. And so I began to talk with Lisa about salvation about the love of Jesus and that she, you know, asking him into her heart. And so Lisa was saved. And as she was saved, she said, oh, Miss Becca, this peace is just all over me. And and I feel so good. But then within about five minutes, she said, you know, Miss Becca, that, that stomach pain, um, it's back. And so I knew at that point we were still dealing with a deliverance issue. And I do flow in the prophetic and words of knowledge. And so I asked the Lord to show me. And he he kept speaking to me about horror movies. I kept hearing horror movies. So I asked her mother, is she allowed to watch horror movies? And the mother said, well, no. And she said, but her father uh, loves to watch them. And we have a whole bookshelf full of them in our home. And I explained to her just because she's, Lisa's not watching them does not mean that there's still not access for them to harm her. If they're in the home, that's an open door for harassment in her life. She had been having these chronic dreams and nightmares and in this nightmare she would this is what Lisa would say the snake would appear to her and bite her and that's what was causing her stomach pain and so um, I after we got her saved we then uh, prayed and we took her through deliverance we broke the power of any open doors just very calmly of witchcraft and the occult that was coming from those horror movies and she looked up and she smiled she said Miss Becca the stomach pain is totally gone now they had taken her to doctors for over a year trying to diagnose what was wrong with her and so the mother went home I left instructions the mother went home and she told the father about Lisa what had happened she'd gotten saved and set free and the father was so overjoyed at his daughter's freedom he totally threw out and rid their home of all the horror movies and now the whole family is going to church they're right with God and so God can do amazing things it sounds too simple the way you approach it 
it is simple. It's not hard at all. <laughs> so. is, you know, I love the course that we're making available to you. It's a, it's a full course with CDs and the brand new book, Let Our Children Go. And it will literally teach you how to train even, once you learn how to train even children to identify what, the, what their problems are and get rid of them. I mean, as Jesus said, you need a faith of a child, so it should be easy for teenagers and children. Uh, how demons are given entrance, uh, how to handle negative peer pressure, uh, how to dismantle the strongholds in someone's life, how to break generational curses. Um, and I mean, most People have had a trauma in their life, uh, have gone through fear. Uh, as a matter of fact, that that's what happened to you, Becca. Uh, you were instantly set free from the spirit of oppression and depression and like a black cloud over your head. Uh, but then God worked a different way with you to set you free from a spirit of fear. How did you get this spirit? You know, at the age of three, um, my parents were, they loved uh, football games, and my parents went to a football game, and they had left my older sister and I at a um, at a daycare center, which my mom very rarely ever did. It was very reputable, but I actually climbed the monkey bars and fell, and I broke my elbow, and um, the nursery worker became very upset because she could not comfort me, and she stuck me inside in a dark room in a back corner and left me there in pain and my older sister who was who was six was standing at the doorway wanting to come and comfort me and this nursery worker was screaming at her saying no you leave her alone let her go to sleep and so and there was also a generational issue of fear that had come down my family line and so the enemy has never nor will he ever play fair and he was trying to reinitiate that spirit of fear on me and through that trauma and that pain and that authority figure in the dark, from that point on, I had fear of authority figures, fear of heights, fear of dark, of the dark, and fear of man. And um, But the Lord radically set me free at the age of 23. And, well, and he t- but he took me through a process uh, to help me maintain that freedom. I, I was at a women's retreat, and they prayed for all the women who had fear, and I knew that that spirit had left me. But when I came home, even in inner session. I was flowing in intercession. Uh, but, but you know what you're describing? This is what happens to so many Christians. They get free of a sickness or they get free of a spirit because there's authority in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, in the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, but then the spirit comes and like tests them. Will they put up that wall of faith? So when that spirit came back to you, did you think, and this is what most Christians think, oh, I've lost my healing. That's exactly yeah, that's exactly what a lot of Christians do, and that's exactly what that spirit of fear was trying to do to me. But I stopped. See, I know about it because I dealt with severe fear, and when the spirit of fear came back to me, yeah, I was you know I I, I was born again in the in the early seventies. I didn't have any mentor. I didn't know, and I and I I mean I was I was so messed up. I mean, that's that's why I love doing a show like this, so people don't have to go through what I went through. But tell me what happened to you. 
Well, what is amazing is I would I would be in intercession in the presence of the Lord, and I could feel that fear enter my home. And I, I literally asked, I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? I said, that fear is back. But I knew the difference. It wasn't a part of me anymore, but it was there trying to intimidate me. So, so the first time before you got delivered, you thought, that's me. I can't be delivered of me. That's right. I thought it was just a part of who hmm. I was. I would always be fearful. And I realized I could sense the difference. And literally, the Holy Spirit would tell me exactly what to do. I would, he would say, get up and walk over where you feel that spirit of fear. So I would. And he would say, repeat after me. I'd say, okay. And he'd say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are no longer a part of my life. And I would repeat it. You are no longer a part of my life. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Go now in Jesus' name. Go now in Jesus' name. And I did that every night for two months. And my husband left to go out of town on a business trip. And I put our oldest daughter to bed. And I stood in the foyer of my home. It was totally dark, no TV on, no radio on, no light on, just totally quiet in the dark. And for the first time in my life in that situation, I was not afraid. And so I made the declaration, fear, it's over. I'm free. You will not come on me, nor my children, nor my children's children. And I'm walking in power, love, and a sound mind. I have a spirit of adoption by which I cry out, Abba, Father, and I am free. And, and, and you, you know, as I read your teaching and, and this handbook of step-by-step step to, to, to help the children and the teenagers, and unfortunately, most of the parents that I'm listening to right now. Uh, tell me, give me another example. For instance, uh, Frank, who had an MRI that showed two block arteries to his kidney. Yeah, this is so amazing. There was a gentleman that called us who was needing prayer, and he actually, when he phoned us, that we found out when I was speaking with him that there was um, a generational curse of the occult in his family line. And so we prayed for him. I set a time, and I ministered to him. And literally, after we broke the power of that occult, he went back and all the blockage, that 40 to 60 percent blockage in his artery, he was actually going to have to have surgery. And they went back in, they ran the test, and when they ran the test, the blockage in his arteries, it was totally gone. He was totally healed, totally set free, and they canceled that surgery. And, oh, I will never forget when I returned to the office that day, and there was a message from him on um, on the um, answering machine, Becca, I went to the doctor today, and when you broke that power, that generational curse of witchcraft and occult, I've been totally healed. Arteries are totally clear, and the surgery has been canceled. You know what I'm reminded? Jesus sometimes would lay hands and pray for a healing, but sometimes he's cast out an evil spirit. And this is a missing area for most people. They don't understand about generational curses. They don't understand about how these spirits pass on from generation to generation. And you demystify it. You make it so simple that a child could understand it, a teenager could understand it. I, I believe this is basic teaching that every believer should have and doesn't have. It's a full course with the brand new book, Let Our Children Go, and five CDs for $45. Call our order only line, 1 800 447 2697. 1 800 447 2697.
half of Jesus' ministry was casting out evil spirits. Imagine if Jesus was walking in the flesh today with what's going on in the movies, with what's going on on television, with what's going on with video games. I mean, almost everyone he meets has got generational curses uh, on their life, and it's affecting them. It's crippling them. People can't walk into their destiny, and it's so simple. And that's why God raised Becca Greenwood up as a new believer. God gave her a vision, took her up to the throne room, and showed her the people that she was responsible for to help them get free so they could achieve their destiny. And she starts out with, let's get the children free. But this is going even further back. Uh, Becca, tell me about the unborn baby rose from the dead. Uh, and But everything she does for children should be done for teens if it wasn't done when they're a child. And everything she does for teens should be done for adults if it's never been done. <laughs> Amen. Well, this, you know, Sid was just an incredible um, story um, and just supernatural moment. Um, there was a young woman who had missed, she'd had one miscarriage and she was pregnant again and she had gone to the doctor and they could not find a heartbeat on the second visit with her child. And so um, her parents requested that myself and my team, we were actually ministering in her city, if we would meet with her, minister to her. We said, absolutely. And so she came and we began to pray for her. And there was trauma that had happened and some open doors of abuse that had happened in her earlier years in life. And when we were ministering to her, the Lord began to prophetically show me that that trauma and that abuse had released this, uh, it was almost like a curse of death in her womb. And so we, I walked over, the presence of the Lord was just so beautiful. And we walked over, laid hands on her womb, and just very gently um, just spoke, I break all power of death in this womb right now. And we say that it will not steal, this death will not steal, the trauma will not steal the seed um, of this woman's womb. And we broke the power of death off her womb and off that unborn child, and we spoke life. We just stood there and laid hands on her womb, just released and spoke life into her womb. And we were all weeping. The presence of the Lord was so tangible. And so she left. We told her, we said, before that next um, doctor's visit where they're going to check for that heartbeat, get note cards that talk from the Word of God, you know, that and get scriptures from the Word of God. Write them on those note cards and stick them up on your mirror where you're getting dressed, on your refrigerator where you see them just speak life. She goes to the doctor and they put that little monitor, that Doppler on um, her her, you know, her belly there, and they're trying to hear the heartbeat. They did it once, they said, and they lifted it. We can't hear it, and they. And she said, and she started to weep. She said, "Please just try one more time, so that my child is alive. It has." Now, if, but, but if they had not tried again, what were, what were they, they going were, to do? They were going to. They were telling her they were. Have, they would have to perform a DNC. 
And so she was literally fighting for the life of her child. And she said, just please put it on one more time. I know this child is alive. And at that request, they put that monitor back on her stomach, and you could hear just as plain as day the heartbeat of that baby. And he is alive. He's beautiful. He's thriving. He And literally, we even prophesied that the child that would be born would be a prophet of God. And he's just a toddler, but that's proving to be very true. And so we we can even, hearing and understanding this, that power of not even just that we needed to see that child raised and resurrected and brought back to life within her womb, but even the power of freedom and deliverance that came into her life and all the other children that she will have as well. And, you know, even right now, I just feel very strongly a word of knowledge that there is a mother that is listening. And I'm sense that and what I'm seeing is that you have a child, and I believe your child is around the age of 12 to 13. And this child has really been struggling with fear and has also been struggling uh, with depression. And right now, I just want to pray in agreement for that child, that this young child that I am seeing, even, even in the night hours, those night terrors that seem to really have been intensifying, and this mother has really been crying out, Lord, what is the answer. So together we come together in agreement for this I believe it's a girl. I'm seeing a girl around the age of 12 or 13. And that that fear that has gripped her, that this is her season of freedom. We speak that all fear and all nightmares and night terrors that are resting on this young girl that are intensifying in this season. We say that you are canceled now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we speak boldness and courage and power and love and a sound mind into this beautiful young girl. Lord, we thank you that you release your ministering, even warring angels to be dispatched in her room and where the enemy has brought fear to her in the night hours to shut down that prophetic anointing and gifting in her that is so strong. Lord, I thank you that she will begin to see your your angels, that she will begin to see things of your kingdom, Jesus, that she will see you and she will experience you and your love in the night hours where fear has tried to take advantage and intimidate. And we say that assignment is canceled and finished right now. In Jesus' name. And I also see that there is another woman who is listening. And I'm, and I'm feeling that she also heard my testimony earlier in the week, Sid, of how the Lord set me free from depression. And, um, and I, I hear the Lord just speaking to you that this is your season of hope and joy. And the depression that came into your life was, was, came in because of repeated years of trauma and abuse in your younger years. But Lord, right now for this sister that I'm seeing, and I believe you're in your 30s um, that I am seeing, Lord, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come now touch her heart. Lord, heal the hurts and the traumas and the wounds in her heart, Lord, from the time when she was a very young age. And right now we speak that that depression lift off of her. I speak and release freedom. We cancel all assignments of depression and heaviness and that generational cycle of abuse that has come down that family line, sister, that rested on you. We break that pattern and that cycle now right now, and we speak and release freedom and life 
and the love of the Lord. And Lord, even as we're praying, flood over her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet with your Father's heart of love. And Lord, let her be captivated by your Father's heart for her. I I see someone, there's a creative miracle happening right now. You are getting a new hip. You you have pain in your hip area. You are getting a new hip right now in Yeshua's name. Now, something that bothers me, Becca, a great deal is that people have things in their homes that attract demonic spirits or things have happened in their homes uh, that they are not even aware of that attract demonic spirits. Could you briefly tell me the story of Julie and Ron that had the new baby that uh, never slept later than 5 a.m. and would not sleep any longer than 30? 30 minutes at a time and had these screaming episodes. <laughs> and basically what you just described is exactly what happened uh, with Julie and Ron and their daughter. And this happened with her from the time they brought her home as a newborn until around the age of a year and a half. And no, no sleep any longer than 30 minutes. And it really developed into just total fear. And uh, Julie began to realize there's something not right with this. And there was one evening that it escalated so much so that they brought their daughter into bed with them. And she, and she actually was sleeping that night, but it was very restless sleep. So Julie decided to go sleep in another, guest, in another bedroom. It was their guest bedroom. In this guest bedroom, she had this dream. It was very vivid, very real, uh, some sort of occult abuse kind of thing happening in that room. And literally in the dream, she began to feel demonically attacked to where she was choking. So the next day when they went to church, she asked her, told her prayer pastor what was going on, and she said, we need to come pray in your home. And so they, she came, and she, the prayer team prayed in the home. And by word of knowledge, prophetic revelation, they felt very strongly that there had been occult activity and abuse that had happened in that home with previous owners. So they prayed and they broke the power of abuse, perversion. They broke the power of occult activity. And that night, their baby daughter, who had not slept, I mean, one night all the way through since she was born, literally slept 13 hours straight. And um, Julie was so concerned, she kept going in to check on her. And she said she realized, I have a daughter that loves to sleep, but the enemy was trying to rob her of that sleep. And they, they found out later after that prayer time that, sure enough, the people that had previously owned that home had sexually abused their children and were involved in occult activities within that home. So we have to understand the things that are in our home from previous owners. Uh, we have to understand when we buy new places to pray through them, set them aside for the Lord. We don't want to have things in our home that are a magnet that will attract the demonic. Now, the devil is coming in with a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord is raising up young people, a generation of young people that will love God with all of their heart. What did God show you about this generation being raised up, Rebecca Greenwood? 
this generation, I believe, is living in the most strategic time of history in the body of Christ. And this is why I think the battle is raging so strong against them. I believe they are going to see and experience uh, supernatural realm, the kingdom of God manifested, the kingdom of God realized much of what we have been prophesying and speaking about, and even what the prophets in the Word of God were speaking about. I believe they are so strategic for this time, and that they are going to see amazing things. They are going to usher in the next move of God and the kingdom of God. And, you know, there was one, uh, Sid, particular young woman that, just to even show you the kind of influence um, young people can have, but also how the enemy will want to come and to release backlash and counterattack against them. And I want to say even right now, you know, we teach on this in the book, and we have to have this understanding, but we are also are not ones, we're not going around looking for darkness all the time. What this book does is it teaches us how to discern and live in this realm to see the schemes of the enemy defeated and God's purposes. Uh, could you picture uh, Mishbucha? If your parents had taught you to have an understanding, a healthy understanding of the supernatural, a healthy understanding of recognizing that you have nothing to fear the demonic, and it's just, it's the authority and the power. But what Becca has done with her brand new book, Let Our Children Go, is she shows you step by step how to teach your children, how they can recognize if the demonic is in their life, how they can take authority. Could you picture, Becca, if you if you were five or six and you had been taught this? It would be awesome. Just as we shared earlier this week, there would have been no need for me to have been afraid all the way until the age of 23. But people are afraid their whole life. They, That's right. they have depression, oppression. Uh, they have fear. They, uh, they have... Uh, problems that you know the world calls it issues they have these familiar spirits if they could be free they could fulfill their destiny uh, now uh, l- let me tell you a sad story becca I-, I had a friend he was a medical doctor and he got a hold of of understanding the past tense of god's word and healing and what the messiah has done for us and he went around teaching it and then all of a sudden he was struck with terminal cancer. And he said, no problem. I'm going to be fine. Well, he died. And when he died, many people stopped believing in the promises of God. And that was the objective behind it. But what I found out many years later is he went to a foreign country to do evangelism and he he didn't even realize it, but witch doctors put curses on him, and he had he knew nothing about that aspect. He knew about how to stand on God's word for his promises, but he didn't know how to get rid of those curses. Uh, tell me a story about a friend of yours in China uh, that was involved in evangelism. Um, this young girl actually went over as at the age of eighteen, as um, and she was involved in evangelism in China, and was there for a year 
here, loved the work, came home um, with full intentions of going back. And when she returned home, she was struck with, I mean, intense physical pain, food allergies to the point to where she almost could not eat anything. And she was basically pretty much homebound. I mean, she could get out and do things, but she was sick. She was a sick young girl. And so she came to us around the age of, of 20. And we, um, and because she'd been home for several months, and we ministered to her. And I broke the power, just like what you're talking about, Sid, with this gentleman, broke the power of witchcraft curses that had come against her while she was evangelizing in the nation of China. And all, and within those curses, all infirmity and death that was unleashed and spoken out against her. And so we prayed and we broke the power. And do you know what, Sid? Her pain instantly left. All of her food allergies are gone. She's totally healed. And the Lord is preparing to release her back into the nation of China for evangelism. And so we have to have the understanding that we are in a battle and that this battle uh, is very real. And we have to have that understanding and authority. Now, she knows when she goes back in this time, I've got to have intercessors praying for me. I have to be very, you know, I have to be cautious of not allowing people of darkness to, if they want to come and like, you know, touch me or read. You know, I don't, and and, and this used to bother me, but if I don't know someone, Mm-hmm. Even if they're a Christian, mm-hmm. I don't want them laying hands on me. I agree. And she learned that. And that's what we feel like happened with her in China. Out of graciousness, oh, let me, let me hold your palm. Let me practice my, my, you know, my witchcraft practices. And that became an open door. And so we, she now has that understanding. I cannot allow anyone you know, to lay hands on me too quickly. We have to guard what God has given us. And so even for this next generation that are going into the nations. This is one thing that, you know, we are teaching and equipping them um, on how to maneuver in other cultures without allowing things, you know, something like that to become an open door, someone touching you or laying hands on you too quickly that shouldn't. Oh, tell me very briefly, because I'm curious about this man. Every day he started dropping 10 or 15 pounds. Yes. I was ministering at um, a church event, and it was very powerful. At the end, it was we uh, the, actually the the altar ministry time that day went five hours. The presence of God was so strong, and we saw so many people get freedom and get healed. And this one gentleman had a stronghold of bondage. He basically had an addiction to food, and we ministered to him. And I broke that power of bondage, and literally I began to get emails and Facebook messages from his wife that every morning since that time, that 10 to 15 pounds, he would wake up and he'd be 10 to 15 pounds lighter because God had set him free from that that bondage and that addiction. And so... Uh, Becca, let me tell you something right now. I believe that people are going to be emotionally healed as you sing Uh, songs of deliverance right now. Would you do that? Absolutely. I'm going to start singing with a, a worship song that we should all know, Draw Me Close to You. Draw me close to you, never let me go, lay it all down again, hear you say that I'm your 
such a presence of God that I'm stepping into the gift of miracles right now. And if you have a pain in your shoulder, raise your arm right now above your head and you'll see that that pain is gone and your back is just totally, the neck, pain of any kind, that anointing just threw the gift of miracles, kicked it into place. But I want you to get the handbook and the steps and the teaching of deliverance for children and teens and even for you. Let's set this generation free from fear and depression and addictions and rejection and cutting of themselves. And let's have this generation, let's have your children, let's, I want you to fulfill your destiny. We're making the brand new book, Let Our Children Go, uh, Steps to Free Your Child from Evil Influences and Demonic Harassment, and five CDs available for a gift of $45. Shabbat broadcast. Let me bless you. The Lord has blessed you and kept you. The Lord has caused his countenance to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord has granted you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. In the name of the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, Yeshua HaMashiach Tzikenu, Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. Yeshua <laughs> 
To hear this week's interview in its entirety, or to watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpocha or Chalitzim, Write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521. Or call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 912-265-2500. That's 912 912- 265-2500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation of $10 or more to Sid Roth, that's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 1918, Brunswick, Georgia, 31521.